0: to ring out true that alone, still and knowing that you cannot find alone. And if you listen carefully and sometimes even if you don't,
1: you
0: can hear that sound. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher Dan Sexton, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word.
1: And what, what this reminds us of is that God is really not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance and salvation. Uh, and he doesn't He doesn't just give up. Uh, even though they have been stiff-necked and hard-hearted towards God, uh, he, he doesn't just say, oh, well, why well, try? Uh, they're just not listening to me. Instead what we see is God is relentless in pursuing lost people. Uh, And I would say, aren't you glad for that?
0: In today's message, Pastor Dan will remind you of the Lord's great perseverance and long-suffering. The Bible tells us that God doesn't wish for anyone to be separated from Him. He wants everyone to come into a relationship with Him. Not only to be spared from hell, but because He loves all people. So, take a moment to look back on your life, look back on the time when you were unsaved. Surely, you can see each and every step where God pursued you and never once gave up on your salvation. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 13 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Jeremiah chapter 13, if you want to make your way there in your Bible for me. Jeremiah 13. In chapter 13, uh, the Lord begins to use object lessons to communicate uh, to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Uh, And the reason the Lord does this is because the people are not listening to the words of the prophets. They're ignoring the prophets. They're ignoring the, the message that the prophets are delivering. And so God begins to use object lessons, or, or physical illustrations to communicate his message. Uh, he gives them now something that the people can see with their eyes. Not just hear with their ears, but see with their eyes. And, and what, what this reminds us of is that God is really not willing that any would perish. But that all would come to repentance and salvation. Uh, and he doesn't, he doesn't just give up. Uh, even though they have been stiff-necked and hard-hearted towards God, uh, he, he doesn't just say, oh, well, well I tried. Uh, they're just not listening to me. Instead, what we see is God is relentless in pursuing lost people. Uh, and I would say, aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that he doesn't say, all right, well, I tried three times with him, and he won't listen, and so I'm, I'm finished. Uh, and so, what God does now is He begins to use object lessons, and, and again, you know, you're just uh, impacted by the, the the humility of God and how God condescends now, uh, once again, to try to reach man uh, by using these object lessons. Uh, you know, Jesus in the New Testament, He used a, a similar strategy in communicating. You look in the Gospels and you see Jesus teaching the multitudes. And then there's a point in his teaching ministry where he begins to use parables. He begins to use uh, illustrations as a, as a method of engaging the audience to try to get their attention. Uh, and, and we probably have all had that experience before where you're, uh, you're sitting in church. Not this church, right? But a different church. But you're sitting in church and you're listening to a pastor uh, preach or teach. Uh, but you're only half listening. And then the pastor begins to share a personal story, right? And, you know, my wife and I on Tuesday, we went to the grocery store. And, and suddenly now, because of that personal story, now you, you've kind of tuned back in. It gets your attention. Well, well that was the purpose of parables that Jesus used. And, and that's the purpose of these object lessons in chapter 13. These physical illustrations now, God uses to try to really get the attention of the people, uh, so it says in verse one. Thus the Lord said to me, "Go and get yourself a linen sash and put it around your waist, but do not put it into water." And so God told Jeremiah the prophet to get a linen sash, and a sash was was kind of like a belt worn around the waist. Uh, the men at that time they wore um, robes and they would wear a sash. Uh, around their waist to kind of uh, hold hold their outfit together. Uh, the Bible uh, in the Bible, you read the phrase uh, "gird up your loins" several times, uh, and the idea of girding up your loins. You had this robe uh, that would uh, inhibit your ability to to walk or run, and so they would take the robe and they would tuck it up into their sash to free up their legs, so then that they could run or or work. Uh, and their legs were free and could move freely. Uh, back in the Exodus story, for example, in Exodus chapter 12, when they're on the night of the Passover, when they're eating the Passover lamb still in Egypt, and God is going to deliver them that night, that Passover night, and bring them out of Egypt. Uh, it says in Exodus 12, 11, Thus you shall eat. With a belt on your waist, or if you have the old King James, it says, with your loins girded there, uh, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. And so they were, they were supposed to have their, their loins girded, you know, the, the robe tucked up into the sash, shoes on, staff in hand, ready to go. Uh, we would say today, you know, your purse on your shoulder if you're a woman. Uh, your keys in your hand, ready to walk out the door is the idea. Uh, we see also in 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 18, when uh, Elijah, Elijah, the prophet, when he ran ahead of King Ahab into the Jezreel Valley as he's running, it says there in 1 Kings eighteen forty six. Uh, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah And he girded up his loins and he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. And the idea, again, of girding up your loins so that you can move quickly or move freely. Uh, Also in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, with the armor of God. You know, you have the the belt of truth. You know, the belt of truth. That's, That's the idea. And so here... Uh, Jeremiah is told by God to uh, to get yourself a linen sash and to wear it around your waist. Now, a linen sash uh, was not an ordinary sash. A linen sash was worn by the priests when they were serving in the temple. Uh, It was part of their uniform, if you will, when they were in the temple. Uh, it was not worn by the common man. It wasn't worn, you know, as kind of your, part of your daily outfit. It, it was only really something that the, the uh, priests wore and the temple. And so, so it would be unusual for Jeremiah to wear a linen sash as just part of his everyday wear. And no, no doubt, people asked Jeremiah about the sash Right? What's the deal with the sash you're wearing? Why do you have a linen sash on? And God told Jeremiah, do not put it into water. Don't wash it, is the idea. And the linen sash, of course, would, would get dirty. But Jeremiah was not to wash it. And so Jeremiah uh, was to walk around with this dirty, soiled linen sash. And again, this is an object lesson for Judah and Jerusalem. But at this point, Jeremiah doesn't know that it's an object lesson. God doesn't tell him that. God doesn't tell him the whole plan here. Hey, I'm going to have you wear this linen sash, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is how you, it's going to become an object lesson. He just tells Jeremiah get a linen sash and wear the linen sash, but, but don't wash it. And look at verse 2 So I got a sash. According to the word of the Lord. And I put it around my waist. And I want you to note here. Jeremiah's simple obedience to God. This is an unusual request. That God makes of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah didn't didn't question God's command. He, He didn't say why. Or what for. Why do you want me to get a linen sash? That doesn't make sense to me. He doesn't question God. He simply obeyed God by faith. He didn't lean on his own understanding. He just obeyed the Lord. Now, when God asks you to do something. Or he asks me to do something. If he asks you to do something that's unusual. If he asks you to do something that you don't understand. Or you don't know why. Do you simply obey the Lord? Do you simply obey him? I think of the story in the Bible in 2 Kings chapter 5 of Naaman. And Naaman, if you know the story, he was the commander of the Syrian army. But he contracted leprosy. And so he goes down to Israel. Elisha can heal him. Uh, And Elisha sends a message to him telling him. Just dip in the Jordan River seven times and you'll be healed of your leprosy. And Naaman, when he receives this message, he's angry. He's angry that that's what God has asked him to do. And he expected Elisha to come out and make some big production and show in healing him. And and he says in his anger, there's nicer rivers in Damascus than the Jordan River. And I should I should dip in one of those rivers and be healed instead of the Jordan River. And Naaman left in a rage without dipping into the Jordan River. And then one of Naaman's servants convinced him to just do what Elijah said to do. You know, what's the big deal? And Naaman did. And Naaman was healed of his leprosy. But his initial response to the command was anger. Anger and a refusal.
0: We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a
1: special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100, I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com.
0: Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message
1: refusal to obey in contrast here jeremiah just simply obeyed god as unusual as the request was he didn't ask any questions he just obeyed verse 3 says and the word of the lord came to me the second time saying now take the sash that you acquired which is around your waist and arise and go to the euphrates the euphrates river and hide it there in a hole in the rock. Now, Jeremiah at this point, he, is, uh, he lives in Anathoth near Jerusalem. He's ministering in the city of Jerusalem. And now God tells him to go to the Euphrates River and bury that sash in a hole. Another really unusual command here. Kind of a, kind of a weird command to ask of Jeremiah. So, so first, God tells Jeremiah to, to, to buy a linen sash and wear this linen sash, something that only the priests wore. Don't wash it. So he's wearing it every day. It's getting soiled. It's getting dirty. And then God later tells him, now take the sash to the Euphrates River and bury it in a hole near the Euphrates River. Now, again, he's in, he's in Jerusalem. The Euphrates River is a long way away. And he would have to travel all the way up towards Damascus and up and around. You can see the Euphrates River there. Uh, They couldn't go straight across because that was the Arabian Desert. So they actually had to travel up and around to get to the Euphrates River. It's estimated that this trip all the way to the Euphrates and back would have taken Jeremiah at least three months to go. And so he's going to make this journey now. He's going to take this trip. All the way to the Euphrates River and back. It's going to take him three months. And that's, you know, that's a long way to go just to bury a belt and a hole. And again, we see here God did not give Jeremiah any explanation or any details. He doesn't tell Jeremiah why. Plus, if you look at the map, bring the map back up for me one more time. The Euphrates, Euphrates River is in Babylon. It's in Babylon. Jeremiah knows the Babylonians are going to come and invade Judah and destroy Jerusalem and Judah. He knows the Babylonians are the enemies of Judah. He knows the brutality of the Babylonians and how they treat people. This was a very costly, dangerous journey for Jeremiah to make. If you remember the story of Jonah, the prophet, when God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, which was the capital of Assyria, the Assyrian empire, what did Jonah do? Jonah went to, uh, uh, to, he went and got on a ship, right? And he went to Joppa, got on a ship heading the opposite direction of Nineveh. No way, I'm not going there. I'm not making that, trip. I'm not going to Nineveh of all places. I'm not going there. He didn't want to go. But look at verse five. Look at Jeremiah's response. So I went, and I hid it by the Euphrates, as the Lord commanded me. I love verse five. So I went, as the Lord commanded me. Jeremiah, we see, was obedient in the little things, and he was obedient in the big things. Uh, he he wore the linen sash. Which was unusual, yes, but it was a little thing for him to do. Little act of obedience. And he also traveled all the way to Babylon, to the Euphrates River, which was, a, which was a big thing for him to do. And it doesn't really give us any details about that journey. Three months there and back. You know, it doesn't tell us, did he go all the way there, dig the hole, bury it, and then get back on the road? You know, how long did he stay in Babylon? He probably didn't want to stay very long there. Uh, So maybe he did just bury it and, and leave the next morning kind of thing. Verse six says. Now it came to pass after many days that the Lord said to me, so so he returns home and after many days, so a long time passed. We don't know how long, whether it was months or years. Uh, But a long time has passed. It's a long time later. And I wonder if Jeremiah during that time ever thought, why did God have me do that? Why did I buy that sash? Why did he have me take it all the way up to the Euphrates River and bury it there? Well, now he's going to find out. He's going to find out more information. Verse 6 says, Now it came to pass after many days that the Lord said to me, Arise. Go to the Euphrates and take from there the sash, which I commanded you to hide there. Which if I was Jeremiah, I would have thought, boy, I hope I can find where I buried that thing. I don't know if I remember. Hope I can find the right rock, you know. But God tells him to go back to make that long journey a second time. And retrieve the linen sash out of the hole in which it was buried. And once again, we see that Jeremiah simply obeyed God. Even at this point, he doesn't grow frustrated with God. He doesn't begin to question God. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't say, well, Lord, Lord that, that's stupid. I'm not going all the way back there. You already had me go there once. I'm not doing it again. It doesn't make sense. There's no reason for me to go all the way back there and get that stupid sash. In verse 7, it says, then I went to the Euphrates, and I dug, and I took the sash from the place where I had hid it, and there was the sash, it was ruined, and it was profitable for nothing. And so it was ruined, uh, your translation might say rotten, it was good for nothing. And then verse 8. And I want you to see this. The word of the Lord. Came to me. Now the Lord God will tell Jeremiah. The meaning of the object lesson. And I want you to note here. That it was after. His obedience to God. That Jeremiah received revelation from God. It was after His obedience to God. That Jeremiah received. Revelation. From God. And sometimes. Most times if we're honest. We would like to have it the other way around. Give me revelation. Tell me what you're doing. Tell me where this is going. And then I'll obey you. If I like where it's going. We want it the other way. We want revelation. And then. We will give obedience. But God doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. He has called us to a life of faith. And he's called us to walk by faith. God says you obey first. And then I'll reveal. Then I'll show you. And I point that out because this is usually where Christians can falter. Is in a situation where they want revelation from God. Before they will walk in obedience. Because of the circumstances. Because of the trial. Because it's scary. They want revelation first. And then they'll walk in obedience. On the matter. And so because God doesn't give revelation first. Because he asks for obedience first. I've, you know Quite often Christians at this point. They will just refuse to obey. Again, maybe because they're afraid, or maybe they've been hurt, and they just at this point they'll just, I don't want to do it. I you know I don't want to submit to him, or I don't want to give that up, or I don't want to do that. And it's after obedience to God that revelation comes. That's just the way that he does it. And I think the best example of this in the Bible is Abraham, the father of faith, where God called Abraham to leave his homeland, leave his, his country, leave his family, and go to a place that, he would, that God would show him. In Hebrews 11, it says, Abraham went not knowing where he was going. God didn't tell him. God didn't reveal it to him. Until after Abraham went by faith, just trusting God. Not knowing where he was going. And then once he went. Then God revealed. Then God revealed his promises to Abraham. But he didn't reveal it before Abraham obeyed. It was after Abraham's obedience. That revelation from God came. And that's the way that God works. You got to walk in obedience. For God to reveal himself to you. And to reveal what he's doing to you. He just doesn't do it the other way. Verse 8, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Now he's going to explain it to him. Thus says the Lord, in this manner I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. He asked me how I know and I say, bring true.
0: We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Jeremiah. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Dan, please visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy. And between work, school, family, and all of our other obligations, it's hard to find time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe at our website, calvaryec.com. Or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. When you call, please feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. We'd be happy to pray with and for you. We also appreciate your prayers for this radio ministry. Please tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the